you're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. Welcome to the Happily Ever Haunted podcast. I'm Bailey. And I'm Milton. And we're a husband and wife duo bringing you stories of, of the strange and unusual. Of the strange and unusual. We've totally practiced this before. Yeah. Um, About yeah. five times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've, uh, we've pretty much recorded this intro. Uh, let me look real quick. Uh, this is actually, yes, take five. So Bailey is actually really accurate. Um, <laughs> I hate it every take. <laughs> Hi, y'all. Welcome to episode one. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah. Like Bailey said, our very first episode, we we're super excited to do this. Um, I hope everyone's quarantine is going well. How uh, is your quarantine going? Uh, you know, it's about as great as a kick to the nuts. Oh. You don't like your quarantine <laughs> partner? Is that what it is? No, nah, it, it's, it's okay. Um. You know, at first it, it sucked because uh, I've been working from home and um, I'm not used to working from home. I like to be in the office where I can focus and get my work done. And um, yeah, that's not that's not happening. Um, and I've had some mental health, mental health stuff, too. So, you know, good times. I'm enjoying this quarantine, actually. I'm really <laughs> enjoying it. Everybody keeps talking about going back out and I'm just like, mm don't mind staying in i like this interesting <laughs> uh, uh so so bailey you're you're a student right yes. and you're a grad student um and mo- your classes have basically transitioned to online classes right which uh truly sucks uh, i mean that part sucks <laughs> but i mean i no longer put on actual pants and I never do my makeup anymore. So, like, I'm kind of living the life. Yeah. Basically, to get a, a feel for how this podcast is going to kind of be. Um, so, Bailey, actually, when she was having lectures and they were in uh, Zoom meetings, she was actually drinking, like, wine in most, <laughs> in most of these lectures. So, we're going to have fun. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy it because we're going to have fun, too. So, if you enjoy it. And we're going to enjoy it. So everyone's going to have a good time. Everyone's just going to enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) So do you want to start us off? Tell us about your story. All right. Yeah. So I actually um, had a hard time finding topics to do uh, just because there's so, so many topics. Uh, There's so many things in this strange paranormal world to cover. Um, So I kind of wanted to go with something a little bit more uh, known that's been covered in television and things like that. And so uh, I cover, I'm going to cover the Lizzie Borden house. Oh, you're starting us out with a hard hitter. With a hard hitter. Yeah. Um, I thought this was really interesting uh, when I heard about it. And so, yeah, let's kind of just jump in. So Elizabeth, Lizzie, Andrew Borden, 
was born on July 19th, 1860. And oh, followed- she was a Leo. She she was a Leo. <laughs> Shout out to the Leos. Hey. Uh, <laughs> in Fall River, Massachusetts, to Sarah and Andrew Borden. Lizzie was the third child the couple conceived. Emma Borden was the oldest child. The second child, Alice, died at the age of two due to hydrocephalus, which is a fluid buildup within the brain. Shortly after Lizzie's birth, her mother, Sarah, died due to a spinal disease on March 26, 1863. Andrew Borden remarried three years later to Abby Durfee Gray. That's a little fast. It's yeah, I I thought that too. That's a little that's a little quick. 3 years? Uh I'm I mean he didn't even go through any any phases, the stages of grief. I mean he, I mean, he might have. He, he might have, but like I mean who are we to judge? Who are we to judge? I mean? I'm over here like it's fast though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should it, just stay single forever. <laughs> <laughs> have some cats. <laughs> Get some pets and then come back to us later. <laughs> Uh, Andrew was very successful in the fields of manufacturing and real estate development. He was wealthy oh, enough <laughs> for money making in real estate manufacturing. Just kidding. Because <laughs> you, they, I don't know, I don't know where they're coming from. Share the wealth. <laughs> he was wealthy enough to support his wife two children and employee servants for upkeep of the house. Oh. Andrew Borden. than me. I stay needing a maid. <laughs> I mean. Housekeeper. I'm, I'm wealthy enough to support my wife and two fur children. <laughs> and I'm, a Roomba. I'm, and a Roomba, which is kind of a servant. So, I mean, I'm not keeping score, but I'm winning. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Andrew Warden had a reputation of being very strict with the children, and despite his prominent wealth, he was also very stingy with his money. Oh, he reminds me of um, Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it was also known that um, he he had the children basically on like mutton diets. Ew, no. Yeah, and he had like all this money. They could have been eating lavishly, but they didn't. <laughs> Can't relate. Uh, his frugality did lead to disputes between Andrew and his children. I'm sure it did. On top of that, Lizzie and Emma did not have the best relationship with their stepmother. Mother? Mother. Mother. Their stepmother. <laughs> That's when you have mud, but it gets taken away from you, and then new mud gets come, it gets brought in. Oh, my God. <laughs> stepmother. Stepmother. Um... <laughs> I lost my lost my spot. Uh, Emma did not. Lizzie and Emma did not have the best relationship with their stepmother, and often <laughs> referred to her as Mrs. Borden. So not as Abby or mother or I anything like that. I feel like, like it would have been more disrespectful to just be like, "Okay, Abby." <laughs> All right, shut up, Abby. Calm down, Abby. <laughs> You're not my mother, Abby. You're not my mom. <laughs> Uh, the, st- the sisters believed that Abby's marriage to their father was for financial gain. Probably. Since, since she did not come from the same social and financial status as, as Andrew. Emma and Lizzie lived at home well into adulthood, but everything changed on August 4th, 1892. Hey, August 4th. 
Oh, I don't know. I say, why is that date significant? <laughs> it's four days after my birthday. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, it was a Thursday morning, and Andrew Borden. Everything about me. Sorry. It's okay. Things happen. <laughs> uh, it was a Thursday morning, and Andrew Borden left to handle some business, and Emma was away as well. The only occupants in the house was an Irish maid by the name of Bridget. Maggie was her nickname. Sullivan, the stepmother, Abby, and Lizzie Borden. Andrew Borden would re- later return from his business and would ta- pro- would proceed to go take a nap on the couch. Later that morning, Lizzie would discover that her father was brutally murdered by a sharp instrument. It was alleged that an axe was the murder weapon due to one being found in the basement of the house. Upstairs in the guest room, Lizzie's mother was also brutally murdered in the same fashion as her father, and it was determined that she was murdered first before Andrew. Bridget Sullivan's alibi was that she was resting in her third floor bedroom, which is technically the attic. Um, it could have been a nice attic. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, they they spruced it up. Did you see pictures? Because um, the house is, I mean, the house has been kind of remodeled, but yeah. But, I mean, it was a legit bedroom. Uh, it wasn't like she yeah. was just, like, living in bare, like, bare walls and stuff. On Love It or List It, they always make the attic into an office or something. It's fine. Yeah. It was it was uh, finished, quote, unquote. Like, <laughs> there's no drywall. There's no, you know, what is it, shiplap? No, you want the shiplap. No. <laughs> it's none of that. But it was it was a room. Um, A whole room. It was it was a whole room. Uh, but basically, she was asleep supposedly while everything was happening lizzie uh at the same time lizzie was out in the back of the house lizzie calls for sullivan and she quickly calls the police the police were immediately suspicious of lizzie upon arrival but despite the suspicions they did not take her into custody however lizzie didn't really do anything to make herself less less suspicious actually she did quite the opposite (laughs) So between the murders and her eventual arrest, it was found that Lizzie burned a dress that she claimed was covered in paint. Prosecutors would later allege that the dress was stained with blood and that Lizzie had burned the dress in order to cover up her crime. But they don't know that. But they don't know that. But uh, I mean, because when Lizzie found her father, you know, she was wearing a clean dress. There was no stains on it. So people, maybe she was just eating spaghetti <laughs> or she was just you know, getting her artistic flow on, you know, or murdering her parents. Yeah. No biggie. It was also later found that Lizzie tried to purchase prosusic acid. Uh, pop quiz. Do you know what prosusic acid is? Oh, I have no idea. It is cyanide. Oh, yeah. So Lizzie tried to purchase cyanide. The day before the murders. Okay, well, so, yeah. that's not suspicious. <laughs> that ain't sketchy at all. <laughs> See, that's why I bought my cyanide years ago before we got married. Um, okay. <laughs> well, y'all, this was a great podcast. Um, <laughs> Lizzie Borden would then be indicted on December 2nd, 1892, and would be tried for the murder of her father and stepmother in June of 1893. Due to the lack of hard evidence, Lizzie Borden would be acquitted of the charges. No one else was ever charged with the crimes. 
even though they did have a few other suspects that they could have looked into a little bit harder. Are you getting into the suspects? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't get into the suspects. Um, basically, the suspects were uh, Lizzie's uncle. Yeah, because he lived there too. Because he was there visiting from out of town. There was the maid who was also there, and she kind of did some sketchy stuff as well. Right. So, but I didn't really want to cover them because nothing really happened to them. So, <laughs> so yeah. I think. Who do you think did it? Who done it? So I I like the theory, um, because and it's literally a theory because there's actually zero evidence to corroborate this. But um, I like the theory that the the maid and Lizzie had a thing going on. Because, of course you do, because you're a dude. Uh, no, what, no, because because when Lizzie after the murders and stuff, Lizzie became uh, romantically interested in this actress and so it kind of if that's true then it would make sense that you know maybe she was like hey let's get rid of your parents and run away together and then lizzie basically got like double crossed i think it was the uncle you think it was the uncle Mm -hmm. oh oh yeah because didn't they had like a business together yeah and and he was like the um he would inherit the money if uh andrew died right 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 yeah i saw that as well so i mean that's that's a a better theory i just Mm -hmm. like the the outlandish stuff because uh if it's true it's pretty crazy i just think much more (laughs) logical you know yeah i mean i see i see you i hear you you are important important. (laughs) uh but in the court of public opinion she was as guilty as ever guilty of sin (laughs) Lizzie and Emma would gain substantial fortune due to their father's fa- their father? father's father Faja. Austin Powell's Faja. Um, their father's untimely demise, and they lived together after the trial in a new home. As comfortable as Lizzie was, she became a pariah in her community. Lizzie stayed in her hometown of Fall River, Massachusetts, until her death in 1927. I don't think I would have stayed there. Yeah, she lived there the whole time. Yeah, her and, uh, what's her face, Emma. Yeah. Lived together in the house. Um, Isn't Fall Rivers where Jennifer's body took place? I do not recall. Oh, okay. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Uh, As you can expect, with a double murder happening within the house, you can expect some paranormal activity. I would think everything would be fine. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's sure. minor budget. Uh, it is believed that the ghost of Andrew and Abby Borden still occupy the, this house. The Borden house still stands to this day and is currently a bed and breakfast at which you can do tours and stay overnight. Yeah, and they have uh, some of the original furniture. They do. People doing tours have reported being scratched by an entity believed to be Andrew Borden when you take money left in front of a picture of him. Uh, you know, since he was stingy with his money. Mm. Investigations have cap- captured EVPs of Andrew Borden answering questions kind of related to businesses and his death and so on and so forth. EVPs of Abby Borden have been captured as well, along with the scream, which is believed to be her reliving her death. That's terrifying. That is absolutely scary. 
There have also been sightings of Lizzie Borden and Maggie Sullivan throughout the house as well. Lastly, there is a belief that two children were drowned on the property before the Borden's house existed, and their ghosts occupy one of the bedrooms in the house as well. The murders that occurred in the Borden home have been adapted to film, theater, television, and movies. It has been examined and re-examined by books and major studies. However, the one thing that immortalizes the Borden murders is a short rhyme. Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. And when she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. And that's the end of my story. (laughs) Uh, So the references for this is uh, biography.com, findagrave.com, wikitree.com, britannica.com, lunalunamagazine.com, and trytoscare.me. Trytoscare.me? Yeah. Good job. Proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Well, I've got a story for you. I can't wait to hear are you are you excited? I'm so excited. So I am talking about the Red Onion Saloon. Ooh, Ooh. sounds know? like a tearjerker. Why? Oh, because the onion. The, see, look at that. I'm over your head. <laughs> Breathe through your mouth. Be a mouth breather for like two minutes, and you won't cry. Here's a picture of the saloon. Oh, it's very quaint. So it looks quaint. like um, oh, man, what's that? The Collin Street Bakery. Oh, yeah, that's a Texas thing. Yeah, Texas thing, y'all. We were based in Texas, if you didn't know. They didn't. They, we didn't tell them. But now you know. <laughs> the more you know, and knowing's half the battle. So, located in Skagway, Alaska, the now restaurant and museum was once a very popular and exclusive brothel during the Klondike Gold Rush. You know, that time everyone rushed to Alaska for a Klondike bar? Ah. Uh, <laughs> what would you do? Okay. Go so- to Alaska? Work on <laughs> Would you go to Alaska? I, I have no winter clothing. <laughs> um, it was built in 1897 and opened in 1898 during the gold rush when 30,000 ish specters came to Alaska looking for gold. Approximately. Yeah. <laughs> ish. <laughs> <laughs> the first floor served as a saloon and the upstairs served as the brothel, brothel area. The brother. The brother. <laughs> The downstairs now serves as a restaurant and bar. However, because sex work is stupidly illegal, the upstairs is no longer serving as a brothel. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Makes sense. But it does serve as a museum. You can see photos from way back when, and um, it has the room set up as they were. So the museum has the 10 rooms where the girls would take their clients. Oh. Yeah. Clients. The rooms are kind of intricate in design, although they do not look uh, that way, when at first glance, they all have multiple doors for a quick getaway if need be. Here, I'm going to show you a picture of the room. And you can see all the pictures on our Instagram and uh, Twitter, which will be in the show notes. Okay. So you said there's there were doors that they could sneak off to? So it was like like secret doors? Like, like you know, pull the book, a uh, special book on the bookshelf, and it, <laughs> it opens up to Said there were multiple doors. <laughs> I don't know if they're trap doors or like like the secret secret door to like a honestly I hope dungeon. so. <laughs> the brothel had an interesting way for clients to choose what women they wanted to spend their time with. Also, this is the only reason I chose this. 
<laughs> Each woman had a doll, a doll that resembled them that would sit on top of the bar. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. If the woman was available for the uh, for company, the doll would be in the upright position. <laughs> you gotta be kidding. I can't imagine that. Like, I just feel like you walk in there and you're looking at these dolls and be like, yeah, I'd fuck that doll. I'd fuck that doll hard. I'll give, it, I'll give it to her. I don't think they really care. Like, from what I read, I read like a little snippet of like what it was like back in the day. And it was like, you know, you've been out spectering i don't know mining and um you know you have your little sweetheart back in seattle who you haven't seen in like three months and you get to drink it and you're like oh you know that's a nice doll that would be nice to take home to my niece i wonder if they're for sale turns out they're for something else (laughs) (laughs) just kidding okay so if they were available they'd be in the upright position but if they weren't available they would be laid down on the bar. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> it's like so accurate. Yeah. So I have a photo of the dolls for you. Oh, okay. Oh, this so this so. Okay, you, this was like the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. I know, but they're. I was gonna say that they look like anemic. Like they, they're very pale. There's no like, because I'm thinking of like those. What what are those those like old timey dolls like voodoo <laughs> i mean it might as well um no but they, like they have like porcelain the, the yeah like porcelain dolls that have like These the blush like and, dolls. and like but like they have like all the features you're and, being like, the very color. picky for sex dolls i'm <laughs> i'm not i'm not going out for sex dolls i'm just saying that like i was expecting a little bit more if i'm gonna if the doll is the only measure of how i pick a woman that i'm gonna sleep with I would, I need more detail. (laughs) Okay, moving on. So the reason I added the photo in, the reason I added the photo in is because when I was first reading about this, they didn't add any photos. And my first thought was they were like life-size sex dolls. Like, I get that you weren't going to have sex with the dolls, but like, I was thinking dolls, you know? (laughs) So I read that they're in the upright position, which I got. So they were like sitting at the bar chilling. And then if they were busy, you know, they'd be laid down on the bar. And I was like, so did people just drink around the dolls on the bar? Because, like, if they'd be taking up the whole bar. It's just, it just dolls all across the bar. Bartenders going around the dolls. Like, oh, watch out, man. How big is this bar? I don't know. It kind of tripped me up a little bit. <laughs> so... You get to see the dolls and photos when you go on a museum tour. And if you're lucky, you will see a ghost, too. It's common to hear disembodied footsteps and filled cold spots throughout the saloon. And once you get upstairs, you'll uh, be able to smell. Mo- and once you get upstairs, it's common to uh, smell many perfumes. The most notable ghost you might run into here is Diamond Lil. Like Rugrats. <laughs> Diamond Lil, she was the madam of the brothel. However, she will only re- reveal herself to men who visit. Mm, okay. So, like, fuck me, right? <laughs> <laughs> According to visitors, she enjoys running her fingertips up the men's thighs and whispering into their ears. Oh, oh, what? I wonder what she says. Go visit Alaska. I, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Um, so. Nothing against Alaska. 
Just something against riding on a plane right now. Something against dolls being sexual objects and ghosts whispering in my ear. (laughs) So Lydia is another prominent ghost ghost at the saloon. She was one of the sex workers and she can be spotted in the gown, in her gown, walking the stairs. Lydia is said to be hostile towards male visitors and takes very good care of the plants in the museum, which like, same. Okay. Got got the green thumb. (laughs) Yay. Um, the police were called to the museum one night on a disturbance call and went upstairs to check everything out. As they were going upstairs, they saw a figure standing at the top of the stairwell. Uh, she then ran into the hall, into the ma- ran down the hall into the madam's room, assuming looking for protection. Once the police got up, all they found was an empty room. Many people believe that it was Lydia that the police saw that night. The last ghost that visitor re- visitors run into here is of a man. He's said to be a malevolent spirit. Visitors who have encountered him report being scratched and abruptly ran into, like being shoulder-checked. He's also known to hide employees' keys and move cocktails, but not just any cocktails. Only expensive cocktails. Like, does he just move them so that, like, you're going to grab it and it's not where you left it? Yeah, like, he likes to (laughs) fuck with you. (laughs) I mean, he's such a dick. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, he'll also, like, move shit around that the employees need to, like, close up shop or something. And, like, so they can't find it for hours. Ah, man. Yeah, he's a douche. (laughs) Um, Not a fan. So, that is the Red Onion Saloon and its ghost in Skagway, Alaska. Also, real quick, I was excited to find out while I was researching that the Red Onion Saloon is a woman-owned business owned by Jan Rentmore. Hey, so that's cool. Awesome. I have a picture of the sex workers from back in the day. Fully clothed. They were kind of babes. Oh, were they? Why don't yeah. you go marry them? Uh, <laughs> I guess let me... I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, oh, if you're down, I'm down. <laughs> no, no, no. So my references were hauntedjourneys.com, hauntedrooms.com, atlasobscura.com, SkagwayAlaskaTours.com and RedOnion1898.com. Wow, great job! Yeah, thank you. That's Claps a really good story. Ten across the board. You know, I try my best. <laughs> <laughs> so this was our first episode. Yeah, it was you, great. It was fun. I I hope you guys had fun listening to this because uh, I had a blast recording this. A blasty blast. A blasty blast. I hope you liked it. I hope you'll come back for episode two. Remember, it's just our first episode, so. It only goes up from here. Right. (laughs) It only gets better. Remember, stay safe and rate and review us. Also, check us out on Instagram at Happily Ever Ever Haunted Podcast and Twitter at H-E-H Podcast. And remember, those that haunt together, stay together.